You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to Big Drive Energy. We got a special guest on for you today, but before we get to talking to the legend Eric Hallberg, we have to tell you about uh, Denver Golf, DNVR Golf. You guys need to get your DNVR golf memberships. If you use our code BDE, Big Drive Energy, but just the BDE, you can get $10 off ups, upgrading your regular DNVR membership to a DNVR golf membership. So go ahead and do that. Use that code BDE, get $10 off. You get a sick OGO polo. You get a CGA membership for free. You can keep your handicap. You get a discount on lessons with both of us, which... Judging, judging by our high school team today, they're they're getting better because of us. So <laughs> you can get better because of us. They didn't start off very well, but they've gotten a lot better. Hey so. man, they when, made it. When when you start at the bottom, there's only one place to go. Exactly. <laughs> so use that code BDE. You get discounts at Spring Valley, aka the Valley of Fun. You get discounts at Common Ground, and it's just it's a good time. We're a good. We time. make good content. Yeah, that's just how we roll. Yeah. So, all right, without uh, further ado, we're going to introduce our guest today, Eric Hallberg. Uh, Eric is a guy that uh, Mitchell's known for a little while. I think we'll get into some stories about that. But he's a guy that grew up around the game of golf. So his dad, and I know I know this feeling, and I was thinking about talking about this tonight, and I was like, no, nah, I know that feeling like when people are like, oh, you're so-and-so's brother. People right, say that yeah. to me all the time. Like, that's fucking ridiculous. No, I, my name's Spencer. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm not Mitchell's brother. Yeah. Like, you're not Gary Hallberg's son. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. the dude's a legend. He played on the tour. He's on the Champions Tour. But you're fucking Eric Hallberg. You're right. not Gary Hallberg's son. 
So we will introduce Eric. He is Gary Hallberg's son, <laughs> ironically. <laughs> but so but Gary, he's a fucking baller in yeah, his own respect. Yeah, so he's Gary played on this game. PGA Tour, plays on the Champions Tour. Well, one we few, we one could probably times, let right? Eric better yeah, explain we'll, it. Yeah, we'll let Eric explain this. So without further ado, Eric Hallberg, <laughs> welcome. Thanks for joining us, man. Hey, boys. Thanks for having me. It's fun to be here. What the a treat. The bar, bar is uh, pretty sick. I mean, this is my first time here. This is awesome. Appreciate so, it, man. We think we got a pretty me, good boys. setup. This is unreal. Absolutely. So if you haven't been down here, come on down. They got the coldest beer I've ever had. In the my Coors life. lattes are flowing. This is awesome. Let's go. If Eric okay. starts slurring, it's a direct effect of the Coors lights. <laughs> yeah, the Coors lights are flowing heavy down here, but uh, I'm happy to be you here love with to the see boys. It. And I've known Spence and Mitch for a while, and these guys are—they uh, pretty much know everything about Denver sports and uh, just sports in general. I, I've learned a lot from these guys. So, you guys, uh, thanks for Appreciate having me. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. I think I know everything, so. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I can get a few good bets in from you from you guys on oh, yeah. DraftKings and make a few make a few dollars, so. Oh, I look at the DraftKings plug. Oh, the DraftKings plug. So, That's if right. you guys you fit right in. If you guys haven't signed up, sign up for DraftKings. Use our code DNVR. You get special promos starting out, free money to bet with. You can lay golf lines, which are the best to bet on because 100%. this week, unfortunately, Matthew Wolf couldn't close it out, but he was plus 5,500, so you could have bet 20 bucks to win almost a grand. Mm -hmm. And when you get free money That's from DraftKings. $20 times 55. <laughs> okay, well, whatever the fuck it is. It's, okay, sorry. It's, uh, just, it's good it's money. Yeah, way. it's good he's odds. Al he's always yeah. right. Just fucking ask him. <laughs> what was DeChambeau's odds? I don't know. I think he was like plus 700, plus 800. I hate him. He's horrible. Anywho, we'll get yeah. into that. Yeah. We'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, go check out DraftKings. Uh, use our code DNVR. We got a bunch of good stuff over there. If you're not gambling on sports, you're doing it wrong. So anyway, Eric, get back. So introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us about your background. Yeah, yeah. How'd yeah, you get into golf? I, uh, it's yeah, pretty I mean, self-explanatory. Uh, from the old man. Uh, G Hall, you know, he, uh, he introduced me to the game and it's been a wild ride. Um, I grew up pretty much on the tour with him. I remember, uh, third grade we went in, he took me into the, uh, he took me into school and actually they, uh, they called him to the office <laughs> and they said, uh, Gary, you, uh, your son has missed 65 days of school in the last four months. <laughs> What's going on in the last four months. And, uh, they actually said, it's probably a good thing. He's been traveling the country and learning a lot. And uh, so I've been out there forever. And just That's awesome, dude. Got some great stories seeing the boys, you know. Got to meet Tiger and Phil and Bernhard and all the guys over the years. So um, it's been it's been a blast. Um, you know, my dad, he's played in 570 PGA Tour events, which is that's nuts. got it. That's up there, dude. Yeah. And that's way probably, up there. Uh, probably another 400 champions and web.com and corn fairy they call it now but uh weird yeah it's been it's been it's been a blast and i've been chasing it for a while um played on tour once pga tour corn fairy latin america canada played everywhere <laughs> Just in this all over in, the in place North america yeah i like so, it been grinding um played the outlaw tour which DraftKings was offering shout out outlaw last, tour yeah. shout those out odds outlaw are tour. fucked by the way those um, odds are off the rails yeah so DraftKings was some serious outlaw. fucking insider trading in the outlaw tour going big on. Big time, big time. Just one dude. Uh, never mind. It's a long story. <laughs> any, any, any who go ahead. But yeah, I mean, I've been chasing it for a while and uh, met Mitchell at the Laramie Open a couple years, a few years ago, and uh, played like shit. 
yeah, dr- I mean, drank we, too. We made the cut. We made some money. We did we make cut, the cut. We cut a couple checks. Um, <laughs> you know, the mini tour life, you got to wait for your check for about a, a couple months. <laughs> there, the PGA See if tour, it'll clear. You get the money the next day. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I remember when I met Mitchell. Uh, crazy story, actually. We got time for one. Oh, oh yeah. Absolutely. We got plenty um, of time. That's all we got is time. I played first round, um, super late tee time. I was staying at my folks' house down near Boulder. It was about a two, two and a half hour drive. And I uh, went down, played like garbage, played terrible. <laughs> and uh, next day was like a 7 a.m. tea time. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stay up here tonight. I don't I don't have clothes, but I'll stay up here. I'll, I'll go to JCPenney, buy some cheap slacks. <laughs> that was, yeah. yeah, that was a Friday night because it's a three-day event. So it was yeah. uh, Friday night. Did um, we, we played late early. Yeah, we played late and early, yeah. and that early tea time came a little too early. Insanely early, and uh, <laughs> I didn't have any pants. I didn't have a toothbrush. I didn't even have a hotel, but <laughs> Mitchell and I hit it off the first day, and uh, I shot about 78 the first round. I'm like, I'm done. I'm out of it. Yeah, I and thought you were going to uh, withdraw, to be honest with you. I didn't even think you were going to stay. But Yeah, and then second round, I mean, 4 a.m. wake-up call go to jc penny i wake up in the morning and uh you know i bought a i bought a new shirt at airport golf club shout out airport golf club in laramie <laughs> that Wyoming. place is a dumb <laughs> airport national golf club <laughs> um but uh wake up in the morning put my slacks on 20 minutes before the tea time and uh i noticed that the security tag is still on the pant leg so just I this huge ass like huge probably weighed ass, like a pound yeah, weighed about a pound <laughs> get to the course i got the lighter trying to get this thing off and uh next thing you know the the thing explodes and inks all over the pant leg (laughs) blue ink all over his pants yeah so first round second round ever playing with mitchell i got blue ink i got a hole in my pants and i looked like (laughs) it it wasn't pretty but we we it was definitely a big step down from the lululemons you had on the day before (laughs) i showed up to the first tee and you had lululemons on and like these croc looking golf shoes, I was like, oh my God, who is this guy? Yeah, you should have just, sh- just kicked me off the course right then and there. <laughs> no, but. but we did hit it off. I actually yeah. got to bring up one more story real quick because I just remembered this. Yeah. Um, so one year we were up there and you'd played well the first couple of days and you were in the final group um, going into Sunday. And oh, I played like dog shit. Yeah, I played like fun. dog shit. And so they've got, what is it called up in Laramie? Um, the. It's like the Frontier Day, or, Frontier Day. or well, that's that's Cheyenne I'm, Jubilee Days is that's what right, it is. It's right. basically like a, a big festival in the middle of town, and uh, there was a beer pong tournament. And um, Drew Trujillo was like, "Hey, you guys should come over and play in this beer pong tournament, whatever." Um, and so we show up. It's like six p.m. and we're like, "Oh, we'll be out of here by nine. We like ended I up, gotta hit the hair early, bro. I got an early. Yeah, I yeah. Gotta, he I was. Play well tomorrow. Yeah, he was in the last group. He was like a shot or two off the lead. Yeah. And I, I was out of it, so I didn't give a shit. I was gonna get hammered, and uh, <laughs> we, we end up playing beer pong till two in the morning. We run the table, and win like a couple hundred bucks in cash. We won the tournament. We, we won, won the, the beer entire pong tournament. And I, I was like, at least I can go home and tell my mom I did something well. Like, mm-hmm. I, it, but the funny thing was, is Eric made me drink all the beer. Um. And I ended up, I was blacked. Like, I was so, I had the spins when we got back to our hotel room. I was so fucked up. Like, I drank four pitchers of beer. And then somebody wanted to fight us that night um, that we played beer pong with. It was just, 
it was quite the evening, <laughs> and I think I woke up the next morning and shot like eighty. It was whatever. I didn't really care. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, we've we've had a few real good times. So yeah, played a lot of golf. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Um. So here's kind of a a question about your childhood a little bit. If when you met all these people, who was someone who like stuck out that you're like, holy shit, this is nuts. Um, I mean, I would say, uh, Ernie Els, like legend. Oh yeah. Um, we're at Castle Pines for the international. If, if, uh, people remember that tournament, that was an awesome <laughs> tournament. <laughs> what and was the last year they played it? Like Oh five. Oh six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, we went in and we sat down and Ernie comes up. He's like, Hey, what's going on boys? Like, can I join you guys for lunch? And uh, Ernie sits down with us, and he had just won the U.S. Open, like, I think I think a year prior. Um, wow. But it was just awesome sitting down with him. And Seems know, like a real down-to-earth cool guy, dude. And he's just talking and, you know, picking picking our brains. And um, But, like, out there, all those guys have been playing together for 35, 40 years, and they're all boys. They're all buddies. Um, that's what's so, so cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the when you talked about the international, that's kind of the shitty thing. Like, so we're trying to promote golf in Colorado, right? Because it's yeah. awesome. We were just down at the bar drinking, talking about how great some of these courses are and how mm-hmm. people think certain courses are great when they're like, it's just because of the views or whatever. But there's some really good golf in Colorado, yet there's not fucking shit for tournaments. Right. It's yeah. the fucking Solheim Cup and the Senior <laughs> U.S. Open. You know, I'm not like I'm not saying those aren't important. Hey, those are not the Solheim. No, I'm saying those are yeah. big. Those are big deals. Like those. I met Lexi Thompson. Yeah, Mitchell She's is my future had wife. A, yeah. Had a thixies the whole stopped, day. Uh, you haven't stopped thinking about her since. No, no. no Mitchell's like, dude, dude, you got to get a picture of us. And I was like, you look like a fucking idiot. No, I just went full selfie. I, I, I was like 18. I looked like a fucking idiot, but it is what it is. She, she cast a uh, shadow over. Yeah, you. dude, she's she's, big, she's bigger than me. Yeah. I was like, I kind of yeah. Was, I just <laughs> remember watching Michelle Wee putt, and I was like, okay. I can, I could. Uh, I see that flat back, girl. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> she, it over. She's literally that's a, a hard 90 right de- turn, ninety degree <laughs> angle at her ass, like, <laughs> leaning over to putt. For real. But no, that's the shitty thing is like, Colorado golf is so good, and we don't. We have a Corn Ferry Tour event now that we got TPC yeah. Colorado, which is a great track. It's a good event, but the international brought like everybody here, and then we had the BMW at Cherry Hills for one year, and everybody here's like loves golf. Like Colorado's yeah. a city, a state, and this Denver's a city that. People really like golf and they get into well, it. It's so sunny. The weather's always beautiful out here. Great golf courses. Yeah, yeah, but there's nothing here. And so that's why we're trying to promote and like grow this game. And this year with like COVID, it's been unreal how many people have been playing golf and picking up golf. And when you go out and play these courses in Colorado, you're like, wow, this is actually pretty cool. You get to play in those charity events on Mondays at certain courses that nobody else gets to play. Yeah. Sanctuaries, yeah. An, an example. CGC, CGC yeah. like all of those courses like yeah. that where you're like, wow, this is. And it rivals other courses, but I think we lose with altitude and with how far dudes hit it. You can't make a course long enough in Colorado for like to to actually challenge dudes, especially like Bryson. Like he would drive it four fifty here yeah. most well, of the what, time. So you played yeah. TPC Colorado yesterday. What is that on the scorecard from the tips? Isn't it like at eight? least seventy nine hundred? Um, it's nuts. It's up there, and they got a seven hundred and seventy five yard par five. So it's it's crazy. But then again, we're at six seven thousand feet five thousand feet and uh the ball goes forever so yeah but it's fun i mean if you don't like playing golf in colorado there's something wrong with you right oh no exactly this is is, it's a blast yeah Yeah. it's definitely a confidence booster when you hit like i went to florida and played in a tournament when i was 19 or 20 in college and i was like 
why the fuck am I hitting an eight iron 150 yards? Right. I was like, I hit this 180 back home, 175, Easy. and you, it's it's a total change. Yeah. But once you get used to it, like our stock yardages here are so different from when you you know you play down in Scottsdale a ton. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. every time you go back and forth, you're like, wow, that's. You have like your Colorado yardages and your fucking Arizona yardages. And even Scottsdale's yeah. yeah. are what, like 1,500 feet? And it, I mean, it flies a little bit longer compared to sea level for sure, but it's it's nothing like Colorado. So it's it's definitely an adjustment period. And that's why I think partially, I, I mean, not a lot of guys come out of Colorado that end up on tour because it's not a year round golf state. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's not California or Florida or whatever. Yep. But it really is hard if you're based out of Colorado to travel and and play and adjust to yardages when your stock yardages are at 6,000 feet elevation. Like, you really don't know how far you hit a lot of clubs, and it's the adjustment period of altitude. So, I I mean, in my opinion, I fucking struggled real bad with it. Like, I had no clue what I was doing for the most part in general. So, mm-hmm. the yardages just threw another uh, chink into it. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a tough... Uh, it's a tough deal moving from Colorado to play golf elsewhere, in my opinion. If you're playing on tour, you're playing at sea level every week. I mean, pretty much every week. Yeah. And you see a lot of guys, they move to Colorado, and they struggle a little bit, to be honest. Um, but, you know, if you can adjust, they play some events at elevation. So well, they even play that one out in Reno, and everybody yep. hits it like a yep. mile, and they're, like, shocked. It pumps you up. <laughs> I mean, if you play at sea level all the time and you come to Colorado and play – you're probably going to play better because you're pumped up. You're hitting seven iron 30 yards further. You're hitting driver a mile, and you're loving it. Oh, dude, it's so, it's nuts. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a blast. It really is. So, like, when you were a kid growing up and traveling all these places, yeah. was did, your dad's – you guys are based out of Colorado, right? Yeah. But did he practice – like, was it like a finish on Sunday, leave that night, and go to the next tournament and start practicing there? Or did you guys come back to Colorado? It was mostly go to the next tournament. But uh, wintertime, I mean, he would he would leave Colorado a good amount. He'd go to Florida. He'd go to Arizona. Arizona Arizona's close. Um, get out and practice all winter a little bit. But I mean, a lot of indoor. You know, you get in, you get inside. You hit on the simulator. Back then, there weren't many simulators. Yeah. You hit yeah, the special people out. had simulators back yeah, then. Right. Like, <laughs> not, it wasn't like everybody could buy a simulator. Right. But we'd go to Green Valley Ranch, go to Mike McGetry's Golf Academy, and just hit into out all day, and you know matter of fact like you got to watch out because he hit a lot outside and he developed a little wrist problem because you know the ground is frozen that's just the way it is yeah and the range balls are hard so uh you hit too many of them and you you start uh hurting your wrist a little bit so you yeah. gotta be careful i've, I've dealt um, with that with my yeah, left wrist dealt H- with that, hitting yeah. off turf in the winter time it sucks it yeah. really does and you just don't have another option unless you leave the state, mm-hmm. obviously. So yeah. that's really your only option. And if you can't do that, then I mean, Jim Canals, who's now out on tour. Yeah. I was hitting balls right next to him at Family Sports Center. Dude was putting on an f- absolute stripe show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, he's Colorado based. He's he doesn't leave. We got the heaters on. He's hitting off mats. I'm like, bro, yeah. like, why aren't you down in Arizona or Florida? But yeah. and that's a tough thing, too, is leaving Colorado because it's so great. The state itself, it's so great. It's tough to leave it, and even in the winter time, like I love in the winter, it's beautiful. Go up to the mountains, do some winter sports stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's tough to leave, but so yeah. I got a, I got a question about your golf career here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you qualified for the safe 
what was then the Safeway open? Is it now the Fries? Was the Fries now was, the Safeway? Okay, yeah. now it's Safeway. Yeah. Uh, flip flop that, but what yeah. was that? Three years ago? Two years ago? 2015-16 season on the tour, so it was it was a while ago. Okay. Four or five years ago. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, yeah. so you you Monday was it? Let me see if I get. Was it at Bayonet? Bayonet. Okay. Uh, Monterey, California. If anybody's out there, <laughs> anybody out there's played it. Great track. Dude, one of one of the guys I went to college with. Andy Morris, he's like the uh, teacher out at Bayonet and Black okay. Horse. Yeah. Well, so real quick for those of you guys that don't know, so explain that like you guys just said Monday, right? Yeah, That's just yeah. a simple term in our minds. But explain to people what a Monday qualifier is. Like, what do you do? What what happens? All right. Well, uh, basically, we call it a Monday shooter. <laughs> and uh, for a guy like me, especially at the time, I can't go right into the Monday. Um, and most people, you know, it, unless you have status on the tour. You got to play on Thursday, so you show up. You play Pre, on Thursday. The pre-quality. The pre-qual. Um, you've got, I mean, sometimes mostly two sites. So say you've got two sites, 230 players, so 115 per site, and they're taking probably 15 guys per site. So that's just the pre-qual. That's just the pre-qual. Yeah, yeah that's. So you you got. That's like you got to show us you can even fucking belong here before just, you just get to try to Monday show it qualifier. Yeah. Like, just, <laughs> just to get, to get in into the Monday qualifier you have to qualify like what's wrong with that but they're make they make a killing off it but it doesn't matter but anyway <laughs> you know you've got all these guys showing up you shoot you know three four under which they don't set these golf courses up that easy you've got to play well i mean there's a ton of good players you get into the monday queue and then you show up on monday and you've got names i mean I remember when I qualified, I had like Billy Mayfair was playing and John Mallinger and uh, a ton of guys that have won on tour. Yeah. Um, and like the Honda Classic, I think, is the hardest qualifier on tour. And you're playing in a Monday shooter and there's major champions there. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, it's nuts. It's it's nuts. And uh, I just I remember I played two of the best rounds I've played anywhere. And I didn't go crazy low because the course was hard and the weather was a little iffy. But uh, I played on Monday. I shot three under. The wind was blowing. Actually, par 18. It was a par five. And I was like, shit, I'm out of here. Like, I didn't qualify. I, I fucked that up. Damn. <laughs> I had a mud ball. Uh, um, I figured I had to shoot mud four ball. or five under. Mud ball. Yeah, mud ball city. <laughs> and uh, made par, had a six iron into a par five. Oh, but dude, the wind that... was blowing. I mean, they set the course up like a major. It was, it was, it was set up hard. And. I left. I went. I actually went over and, and teed off at the Monterey Open, which is a state open, that afternoon. And I got a text about two hours later, bro, you got to get back to the course. There might be a playoff. <laughs> so I went back, ended up no playoff, got in clean. And six hours later, I'm showing up to a Mercedes Benz courtesy car with 25 miles on it. <laughs> it was like from the slums. <laughs> to the like you know sitting on top of the hill you from know? the outhouse it to was, the penthouse uh, yeah right there. from the outhouse to the penthouse from the mini tours to the pga tour like it's nuts it, it was a shock and i walked in and i uh i had to go register and justin rose was sitting right next to me <laughs> and i was i was shook i was i was messed up <laughs> i was nervous how old hell. were you at the time 21 21 yep. yeah that's that's 20, pretty wild 20 or 21 yeah it was a long time ago i don't remember but yeah, qualifying for a pga tour event at 21 you got to have some game, like a shitload of it to even sniff that. So, yeah. well, I think that's like that's so impressive and I think what people don't realize about golf that don't live in this world, they just watch PGA Tour events, right? And yeah. we've talked about this multiple times on the show is 
that people watch tournaments like any tournament they play and right and it's m- people making dudes making 40 footers they cut to those like they're not showing the dude right. like, what was it was it mark leishman that shot like 30 over a couple weeks ago yeah they don't show those guys hitting shanks three putting all that stuff and so people think that well first of all people think that all like professional golf is they don't understand the grind of the mini tours or the grind of getting on just getting into a pga tour yeah you don't see it you you don't see how like and how good those people are Mm -hmm. like that's the thing is mitchell and i well i'll speak for myself i'm a professional golfer and i say that with quotations right i'm a pga pro so i can go out and shoot Anywhere between 72 and 85, you know, depending upon the course, depending on how hard it is. I'm not the best. But playing with my friends or people that just play golf, every shot I hit, they're, like, enamored over it, right? right. And then I can go out and play with somebody like you, and I'm like, dude, this guy's going to whoop my ass. <laughs> and then you go out with another set of people that whoop your ass, and then they go out with another. Like, right. it's, it's amazing crazy. how good you have to be to really make it at this game. Hmm. And it's not like – one crazy season in college, like in, I'm not saying NFL players aren't good or MLB players aren't good, but they have one good season, they get drafted, they are in a system, they're getting a contract, they're grinding their way up, they're making it to the MLB. It's not as easy as I just made it sound, but mm-hmm. the PGA, you have to, any tour, you have to prove yourself you every single it. week. Yeah, you and until you earn it, it's you're, nothing's given to you. You got to mm-hmm. show up on that Monday morning, you got to shoot four or five under par to course at that those people at that course don't want you to shoot four or five under. They're going to no. make it as hard as possible to even get your way onto a Thursday. And then you play Thursday, Friday. And if you don't play good there, sorry, you're done. You like just you blew get, a thousand bucks plus. Oh yeah, exactly. Like 2,500 in expenses. And then yeah. you're, you got a fucking goose egg in your check account, yeah. checking account. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? Right. So it's, yeah. And it really is just wild the difference between golf and other professional sports, how they work. You're basically a subcontractor or you're contracted out by the PGA tour. You're like, create good golf and we'll pay you for it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But when we, we've talked about this on prior podcasts. Imagine if every other sport was paid like golf, mm-hmm. like where per performance. Yeah. Like yeah. where yeah. Jamal Murray goes out. We talked about the nuggets all the time. He, he goes out and scores six points in a playoff game. And the team's like, well, you just scored six points. You're getting, a fucking weak ass game check right. versus yeah. the PGA tour. Like you have to go out and you don't make, you don't make the cut. You're not getting a check. First of all, mm-hmm. then you, you got to play well to make any, you know, and you make a good amount of money if you play really well, but other sports would be so different if it'd be a game changer. Exactly. It and really it's amazing how effort level, like you effort don't level would go up. You see all yeah. these guys on mini tours that just grind their ass off. They, they practice, eight, ten hours a day, sun up mm-hmm. to sundown. They're driving through the night to get to tournaments. They're sleeping in their car. Yeah. They're like they make double A baseball look like uh it's the fucking luxury. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> it's luxury. So it's it's pretty nuts the the experiences that you go through to get get to the top really. And here's another question I have for you because I I think we would probably agree on it. Um, but what do you think the difference is between like a tour guy, like uh, I wouldn't say uh, n- not like a top tier guy, but like a middle of the road guy who's making really good money, making a couple mil a year. He's finishing 75 to 125 on the FedEx Cup, keeps his card, but he's not doing anything special. Um, what do you think the difference is with him and the guy who's on the web.com or I'm sorry, uh, corn fairy yeah. or 
grinding it out on mini tours like mm-hmm. do you think there is a difference yeah i'd say the main difference is consistency 100 um, percent. i mean I, i've played with guys on the mini tours that are like you know i've played with guys on the pga tour i've played with guys on the mini tours there's not that much of a difference there is yeah it comes down to consistency like one bad can shot you, can your bad round be 72 and can your good round when you're playing good be a 67 and can your great round literally be a 62 or 63 like yeah you know um not have a bad round shooting 79 and then you're out of it yeah like these guys on tour they win having a bad round and that bad round is a 72 like that's a bad round for a guy that's in the top 15 top 50 in the world even you know yeah crazy i I think that Um, it's not about the low rounds because a lot 90 percent of those guys 95% 95% of the mini tour guys can shoot super low. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Especially the, a lot of the guys now, like mm-hmm. dudes are shooting 61, 62, mm-hmm. 58. Fuck. I, Unreal. I, Unreal. <laughs> but when they play bad, it's 82. Mm-hmm. It's not 73. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a lot the other way. And then when you get it going low, how low can you go? Yeah. I mean, and that at the mini tour level, like there's guys that can go crazy low. Um, but some guys struggle with that, but like if you're going low, if you're six under through eight, are you gonna shoot six under? Or are you gonna shoot eleven under? Like <laughs> I've seen it, you know. You've seen guys that are going crazy low and they get nervous and all of a sudden, you know, they lay an egg. Oh, dude. And well, they so make an eight, quickly, but. I'll tell you this: one of the rounds I had going um, a couple years back, I was six under through eight. Yeah. I shot seventy three. So that hurts. just That's that just show, <laughs> that just goes to show you what. <laughs> what level i was at compared to some of these guys and like eric said there's guys you got a six under through eight and i won't lie 59 crept into my head for mm-hmm. like five seconds before i three jack for bogey and proceeded to shit the bed but uh these guys like they're not afraid to go stupid low they will birdie i mean we're there's a kid that was out of central oklahoma or something who's like a That's mini my tour. boy right there. Do you know Xander him? Xander Hughes. Do you know him? Yep. No shit. Okay, yep. what do you shoot, 55? 56? 56, I think. And it tied a world record? Yeah, lowest like, all time. Dude, what, do you make like three or four eagles in one round and just an ass? I hit him up that night, and I said, you know, congratulations. and Because I played with him a few months prior. He's buddies with my friend Brendan Jelly, who Brendan, he'll be on tour one day. He's, this guy's unreal. But... Uh, yeah, I hit him up. He's like, yeah, you know, man, the course was pretty easy. I'm like, <laughs> it the does- course was not that easy. I mean, it was 6,600 yards. Yeah. Not crazy long, but like he just, he, the, he's a long hitter and, uh, he chipped it up there close and made every putt. He said, I couldn't miss that day. And, uh, I mean, I don't care who you are. You shoot that. It's just stupid. I don't care what course you're playing. You shoot that. I don't care where you're at. Yeah. 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 You're. Well, I remember, so I played in the um, assistance championship like three, four years ago, and I played with a guy named Pat Grady. Oh, yeah. And and so he's the coach at CU, and I was like, dude, I hit the ball just as good as this guy, quote, unquote. Mm-hmm. I shot 78, 79. This motherfucker shot 64. And the thing is, is like every every single chip, I'm like struggling to get up and down, right? He's chipping it. I to swear to God, he chipped it to no worse than – six seven inches on the four or five greens that he missed I believe it. And, and it was like that's like part of the difference is you're not grind and and part of a like golf is a grind people like make a joke about that when they're like that you know you just went out there and shot 
whatever you shot. And it's like, no, it's hard. You have yeah. to, you can't just dick around for a shot and expect to, because even if you're hitting, like, say you're laying up on a par five, which I never do, but anybody <laughs> else, yeah. you lay up on a par five and you miss 10 yards to the right of where you wanted to miss. Now all of a sudden you're no, you have no chance to make birdie because you're short-sighted behind a bunker versus hitting it in the right part of the fairway and you can hit an easy chip shot and make birdie. Yep. So every single shot is a grind. And this guy was just chipping it to a foot, go up there, one hand, tap it in, and I'm like grinding over a 12-footer for par because my chipping is ass. <laughs> and it just it goes to show you like how good every like people really... Your chipping really, is yeah, fucking ass. My like chipping is <laughs> complete <laughs> ass. I... You miss greens, like, off, from just off the green, you're missing greens sometimes. I, I hit the ball a long ways, though. You do hit the ball That's a long ways. That's kind of my specialty. Usually, There's like, he, he can chip it and then chip it again and get it close and make par. Mm -hmm. So, like, my favorite, I played last week, and my favorite birdie was uh, at Spring Valley, Valley of Fun. Number six, it's like a 380-yard par four, 370. I drove it in the greenside bunker. Hit a crispy little bunker shot out of there to six feet and made birdie, and that was the only birdie I made all day. Yeah. And it was like, but I was hitting it. But that's the thing is, it's funny because Bryson's changing the game, right? Hmm. And we can get into that a little bit of how he's changing the game. But every single player you see, if you ever watch a long drive competition, which they're cool to watch, but these dudes are swinging out of their minds. Mm -hmm. None of those dudes are making it. And you have to be so much, like, you can't just hit it long and be good. Yeah. You can't, you can't even just putt well, putt ex extensively well compared to the normal golfer and be good. Mm -hmm. You have to put every single thing together, and there's so many stats, you know, proximity to the hole, up and downs. There's so many different things that go into the game and being good. And like you said, you, can your bad round be 72? Yeah. If you're missing greens and hitting it like shit, can you chip it to a foot and tap in for par, or are you chipping it to 10 feet and making three, four bogeys around where you have no chance? 100%, yeah. And so spot on. what what I wanted to ask you is, so you've, you've played some really good golf, played in PGA events, et cetera. So Mitchell and I, one time, we went to Red Hawk, and this is still a sore subject for both, well, <laughs> for more for him, but for me. So our buddies are in town from Charleston, and they're coming in actually in a couple weeks. It's just going to be fun. And we play, we try to get them to play cool golf courses, right? And we, we have a fucking coach. We, we take them to Bear Dance. We take them to Red Hawk. Perry we take them to try and Perry you know. Park, shit like that. Yep. And so we That's go to Red Hawk, and my buddy works at Red Hawk, Chris, who we had on oh, two podcasts ago. And that's a course where it's like, it's a gymming. So we all talked about that earlier. We, I don't want to trash gymming too bad. But <laughs> if, you, if, you're, if you're in a zone, you like his courses are cool looking, but if you're an actual golfer, you don't like them. And you, you, you have different conversations with like members of your golf course or people that you know that are kind of casuals versus actual golfers. And you're like, okay, this course is shit. Like Vic Lombardi, we, we hung out with Vic Lombardi the other day during the oddcast and we were talking to him about Blackstone and these and members at Blackstone sucks. Yeah. These the members of Blackstones are like, Oh, and, and, and we're like, all right, Vic, this is off camera, off the air. We're like, what do you think of Blackstone? He just looks at us and goes, fucking shithole. And we're like, yeah, dude, because... Because Mosier and him played the member guest out there, and I guess the greens were just lightning. And he goes, that place is a fucking shit show. It's just like, a clown show. Yeah. Like, these courses like look cool. It's Colorado, so it's a little different than everywhere else. You hit it further, but you're actually playing the golf course for its playability, and it's shit. Mm -hmm. But so Mitchell and I go to Red Hawk. We, we can only play nine holes, and that's kind of the plan because we have to go to this coach's meeting. So my buddy Chris is like, all right, I'll just start you guys off the back nine. It's like two, three in the afternoon. 
I start out the round. We didn't hit balls, nothing. We fucking roll straight, straight to the, to the tee. tee baby. I make four birdies in a row. Let's go. Mitchell fu- makes par on the first hole. I think so. And then no, no, I birdied ten. You birdied ten. He made a par in one of the first four holes. By the sixth hole, I'm still four under. He's five under, Come and on. I'm down two in the match. Come on. Oh, and dude, I'm like, was, what the fuck? I'm like, I'm four under, down. and I'm losing by two right. in this fucking match. That's nine holes. And <laughs> I think I two putted from eight feet to make birdie on like the, our ninth hole to yeah. shoot 30. And we had to leave. Yeah, he shot 30, and I shot 32. No I was like, dude, you're shitting me. We, we had to go. I was so pissed. At, at was, that point, you don't go. Yeah, I, it, was, you keep going. it was the biggest <laughs> regret of like... We're sitting there fucking 12 under after nine holes between the two of us, and we both left. And it was one of my biggest regrets. But relating that back to you, what's like – so we saw Dustin Johnson a couple weeks ago in two tournaments a row, or like three – he shot 12 straight rounds in the 60s. That's mm-hmm. obviously impressive. But every shot – like he was dialed. He was well, he lapping shot, what, the field. 30, 31 under at TBC Boston. Yeah, he made it look like – Teep, like or fucking the, the John like Deere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So what's the lowest you've ever gone and like, or what's the bit best zone you've ever been in where you're like, holy shit, this is fucking impressive or the yeah. lowest round, any of that. Oh, and real quick, sorry to cut you yeah, off, no, but no. you tweeted something about like you and Harry Higgs. Right. Tying like both setting the, a course record in the same day. Yeah. So let's hear that story. And I don't know if that's like your zone yeah, like yeah. that's your one of your tops or what yeah but. that's up there i mean i got a couple i got uh tournament wise 62 and that's the low um that's that was deep. at an outlaw tour that event. is fucking deep dude um, that's nuts and then other than that i got a couple 63s uh desert forest that 63 was 63 at df is while. like that's like um, a 58 aaron badly came out I mean, wish he never did, but came <laughs> out and shot 61 Holy a cow, couple months dude. later um, with even par through five. So made like three eagles coming in. But uh, 63 there, 63 at another one. But, you know, when you get in the zone, I've been in the zone, and that's that's the ultimate for golf. That's what I live for. That's what any golfer lives for. There's no high like I it, I mean, dude. You there's can't... nothing like it. Yeah. And you you don't even remember what you shot. And uh, I've been in that zone a few times. I, I remember uh, back in the day, qualified for the U.S. Amateur here at Cherry Hills. And I was playing with my buddy Brendan <laughs> in the practice round. Probably shot 85. I, I was playing terrible. We had a little weekend bender. <laughs> Brendan's um, looking at us like, yeah, he did. Yeah, it was it was a rough day. And uh, Didn't you end up putting left-handed or some shit I like that? I putted lefty that week. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, I've also dabbled in that game. It's people fuck, do that's it. That's a dangerous know? game. I'm right eye dominant. Like, yeah. I can see yeah. the line. Like, fucking great. That's, I put that's it left handed today. Um, both ways, you know, just like my ex girlfriend. I go both ways. Not not really, but. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I remember that USAM qualifier. I don't even remember what I shot. And my buddy was caddying for me. He's like, bro, you just, you just uh, shot 29 on that nine. I think I shot 29, and Holy I, shit. I thought I shot, you know, a couple under. But that's the ultimate for a golfer to get in the zone, and uh, I've been in there a few times. Um, and yeah, we were playing with Harry Higgs, and if Where you guys know Harry, living legend. Um, Don't they call him Big the Beautiful? He's one, yeah, Big Beautiful. <laughs> he's he's one on the PGA Tour now. I'm I'm pretty sure. He's um, he's, he's been a great a, he's guy, been, he's had a really good year. Yeah. For sure. But he is everything that it looks like he is. Like he <laughs> he he's not playing an act, you know what I mean? Like 
he's he's the real deal. He's a great guy. Um, he likes to have a good time. And, Him and Colton uh, Ost, right? Yeah. They're, they're boys. Yep. And I'll tell you about this Pro-Am. I showed up to this Pro-Am in Kansas City. My buddy is a member at this club, Wolf Creek, all men's club in Kansas City. Unbelievable place. And uh, the web.com, now Corn Ferry was there that week. And they brought out all the pros from the web.com Corn Ferry that week to the, to the uh, all men's club. And I was one of the guys that tried to qualify that Monday. I didn't qualify that week, but the head pro was like, you know, you got to come out anyway because we know you out here. And, you know, you're, you're one of the local guys. Not really, but close by. <laughs> yeah, close enough. And uh, Harry, it was, it was Harry and I and uh, my buddy, his brother, and, uh, and their good friend. So their good friend is like a two handicap. Shoots 67 on his own ball. <laughs> my friend is like a probably a scratch birdies both of his pop holes so birdie for eagle um his brother makes a hole in one on number seven so yeah hole in one we're partying all night um harry shoots 64 breaks the course record makes an eagle skin i shoot 64 break the course record we tied the course record both of us we roll in we won the gross. We won the net. We won like we won everything, and Harry and I are just getting after it. We're like, you know, we're pouring beer on each other's heads, like taking our hats off and just like, we're just loving it. And uh, the next morning, I was driving back to Denver, and I got hardly any sleep. We're partying, you know. Get up in the morning, I'm like, all right, I'll stop. I'll stop at a breakfast spot along the way, get some coffee. I'm in the middle of Kansas. There's not. There's no <laughs> breakfast. There's no coffee. And uh, I keep driving. I'm like, you know what? I'll make it. End up falling asleep at the wheel. <laughs> 82 miles per hour on cruise control. Don't recommend it to anybody. But, uh, <laughs> zero out of ten wouldn't recommend. Zero out of ten. Um, yeah, wrecked my car into the guardrail. Oh, shit. Still have some damage on the whip, but but uh, unbelievable time. <laughs> Harry. Haven't Harry. fixed it yet. Yeah. Harry, if you're listening, brother, you're the man. Um, root for Harry. He's he's a great guy. He's one of the guys out there to pull for. He seems like yeah. he's a fucking he's a legend. party dude. Yeah. Just a guy you just want to get hammered with. Modern day John Daly. Yeah. Well, yeah, between him and Colton Ose, I'm sure they party their asses off. And now Colt doesn't even play on tour anymore, so he definitely has to party like crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, and then he'll go out. What do you go out at the Scottsdale Open and – shoot 15 16 tore it up. yeah he tore yeah. it up so yeah actually I, I used to play in the uh the tailor made tournament up at pebble and uh because of colt i love you colt but uh <laughs> we we don't get free alcohol at that event anymore <laughs> because of colt so <laughs> Thank i'm you, sure colt. He, yeah he took he took some good advantage of that yeah i don't blame you well and so here's another thing so colt knows for people who don't know he's a big thick dude he's part of the thick boys club which <laughs> i am uh also a part of you're the president i'm the president of the thick boys club but colt's colt's a big dude and he doesn't hit it very far so in relation like we all know where the game is going with distance how how much tougher is it because i probably hit it about as far as colt and i'm not a long player um and fucking eric hits it 40 by me spencer hits it 40 by me not really comparing the two distance wise they're both very, very long. Um, yeah, Eric hits it 40 by you and then hits it on the green. I hit it 40 by, 40 by you and then 40 yards right of yeah. the green. <laughs> Real quick, the last time Eric came out to Spring Valley, we 
he catches us on the turn and we hop off on 10 at the Valley of Fun. Um, and for those of you who don't know, uh, it's like a 465 yard hole. It's one of the more challenging holes on the course. Eric's just fresh out of the fucking Passat, hops in the cart, goes down to the tee, hits it a buck 30 out, hits and fucking holes out a gap wedge for Eagle. I'm like, that was fun. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, I think you shot some, some stupid low that day. But uh, I was like, this is just different. Like, I got a buck 60 in, and he's got 130 in, and just flips a wedge in there and holds it out right out of the car. So that's that's kind of the difference. Um, but what do you think, chal- like, how much of a challenge is it nowadays, especially with the distance? Uh, and you kind of saw guys out on tour back in the day, and some of them were long hitters, but I think it's even more pronounced now. Like, yeah. some of the guys are – 50 yards longer than other guys it's stupid yeah like what do you what do you think the disadvantage is and it's kind of obvious but um for the shorter hitters um well back in my dad's day it was all about accuracy and how far could you hit it but also hit every fairway like you know you try to hit it as far as you can but you have to keep it straight if you hit it in the rough that was it. Like you're not, you're not gonna win. You're making game. bogey. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not like now where it's like, how far can you hit it and just get close to the green? Doesn't matter right. if you're in the rough, the fucking forest. Just yeah. hit it as far Bank as you can. Bank it off of a hospitality. Nowadays, tent. you got Bryson getting up there and saying like, you know, Baba Booey, this thing's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna get up and hit this as hard as I can. Fucking send it. And uh, I feel like I hit it far. I mean, I hit it further than average. But I play with some guys nowadays that are coming up. I play in a mini tour event. And I get paired with like, I got paired with a kid uh, from BYU um, a few months ago. Um, what was his name? But he's played in six events on tour, I think, since then, and he was hitting it like 50 by me. I mean, I was hitting it, you know, 310, 315, 300. This kid's hitting it like 365. And uh, is it's, this a sea level or where? This was in Phoenix. This okay. Was, so this was at a thousand feet, basically. Yeah. And borderline uh, sea level. Like. The game is changing, and, uh, you know, I love it. It's it's a blast, and amateurs out there, it's fun to hit it far. Um, but I don't know how long it's going to last. Um, yeah, how, how we can sustain just, this. Yeah, it just keeps going further and further. Golf so. courses are getting pushed out of rotations for U.S. Opens yeah. and British Opens and things like that because they're just not long enough. Like, you can't. 100%. You can't send those guys out there, which sucks. Like, it really does, because Cherry Hills, for example, mm-hmm. great track, we'll not near long enough. Be, yeah. yeah, it's not near long enough for elevation, and the piece of land itself is relatively confined. Like, they can't stretch anything out. They've got it maxed out, yeah. and what is it, 72, 71, 72? Yeah, no, they've got it pretty – they've got it up there. They've got it 74, 7,500, uh, okay. but still, I mean, that – playing at sea level that's 6700 yeah minimum that's Um, basically like playing the white tees or the blue tees at your standard course for a tour player so it's almost it's getting out of hand a little bit um it's fun but uh i don't know i mean i don't know how long it's gonna last that way yeah but the other problem is when you change the ball and you change clubs you're the longer guys are still gonna be longer there's really no way to equal it out these guys are kind of almost yeah. just beating the system like and in baseball you know the guys can't use titanium bats in the pros i did hear a take some well-known golf pro said hey why don't we just not allow the professionals to use a tee 
no pegs, hit it <laughs> off the deck. And I, th- I thought about that for a while. That's actually not that bad of an idea. That would be nuts. For the pros only. Like, let, that kind of makes sense, though, like wood bat versus titanium bat. Like, we don't want to ruin the classic tracks. Yeah. I mean, look at Wingfoot. What a great course. And uh, six unders, still not that low, but like. They tried to set it up impossible. They tried to set it up hard. And he like, tore it shoot up, so. eight, ten over. Yeah. That was the superintendent's goal, and that was beat by 15 shots. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, dude, it's. I've never really thought about it from that angle, but that could kind of be pretty cool, like, to see PJ Tour guys just hitting three wood. And, I mean, a lot of them get it out there close to 300, if not 300 anyway. So, it's not plus. like they're losing a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just uh, nuts how much the game has changed. And it's nuts. I yeah. played with Cameron Champ a good amount. Um, we we uh, We stayed in the same host house a few times, and – it was ridiculous. I mean, I remember the first time I played with him, I got up first hole, hit a three wood out there. I'm right there with him. I'm like, oh, I heard this guy's long. He's not long. <laughs> we get up to a hole number eight at uh, Texas A&M Traditions, if anyone's played there. 620 plus. I mean, not – and we were we were young back then. No one's getting home. You know, I'm, I'm hitting like driver hybrid nine iron. Yeah. Cameron Champ, driver four iron over the green. I mean – I don't know, like, if guys are training for the distance. They definitely are. Yeah. But people are just hitting it further, however you look at just it. Just the evolution of athletes. It's just the way it is, yeah. Basketball I mean, players are better. Baseball players are better. Yeah. Everybody's better, just getting better. The competition from such a young age has just completely altered the way all of sports are played. It's, yeah. Um, I played with Zakai Brown. I, he's pretty long. He might not be as long as some of those guys, but... We were playing a qualifier, and I hit – it was like a 640-yard hole, and I hit driver, um, like, four-iron gap wedge, and he hit driver four-iron. <laughs> Just driver four-iron on the green. Stupid. I'm like, Jesus – yeah, it, I, I can't wrap my head around it. And the, the disadvantage I feel like I'm at, it's borderline impossible, and I think that's kind of why Colt Nose m- may have given it up and – he played some great amateur golf. Did he win multiple USAMs? He won a USAM. Or he won a USAM, and then I'll he won. What? That guy is unbelievable with a five wood. I mean, <laughs> that guy. You got a five wood. He hits a five wood like you hit a wedge. <laughs> yeah. Bean bag out of a blimp. <laughs> Thing stops on a dime every time. Yeah, so. and that's really how you got to play it. If you're a shorter guy, you got to be stupid accurate with your longer clubs, and still it comes down to the probability of hitting a five wood close from. 220 230 versus hitting a a wedge close from 150 you know and that's the odds are just stacked against you so it's uh disappointing that's partially why i kind of gave up on my potential dream of playing professional golf for now um there's some other outside uh assets or whatever you want to call it that made me want to pretty much give up playing for now but there's something to be said for hitting it that long like it's basically like a bullpen pitcher in college that throws 98 he can't hit the broadside of a barn but he's got that top end kind of potential Hmm. if you can only throw 90 there's only so much potential you have if you hit it that long you've got somewhat you've got your ceiling is much higher yeah Yeah. your ceiling is much higher yeah so it's like being born at seven feet i mean your your chances (laughs) of being in the nba are much yeah. higher than most people so. no doubt yeah so 
I know you got. Do you have any other stories? You got some stories for us? I got some stories. For yeah, you. let's hear some tour let, stories. Let's hear some tour stories. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll give you a couple. I'll start with I'll start with the two uh, guys that have been dominating the game for a long time, Tiger and Phil. Um, I went to the Masters with with my pops one year, and he played in it a few times. Um, he played in it when he was seventeen. Pretty sick. And uh, that's he, fucking insane. Yeah, unbelievable. And so real quick, sorry to cut you off, yeah, but no. for those of you who've never heard of Gary Hallberg. He's one of three four-time All-Americans in college. Yeah, four-time four first team. Four-time four first team, team All-Americans. Who are the other two? Phil Mickelson and Jack. So, Phil Mickelson, Bryce Mulder, David Duvall. Okay. all-time. Okay, so those, yeah, that's that's nuts. That's unheard of. Um, yeah. And nowadays, a lot of guys don't stick around. They turn pro or whatever, but still, that's off the wall that those names are he's in good company let's put it that way For he's, sure, he's yeah. very good from a very young age so he was unbelievable from a young age and he got on tour quick um he was probably the number one amateur back then at his time um but you know he uh he was from a small town in illinois and didn't get maybe the recognition that he deserved i mean he he did great in college. He won a lot. He won seven times his freshman year in college. My seven God, out that of, is ten times. That's disrespectful. Gets out on tour <laughs> and doesn't get a doesn't get an exemption in the first few events. What's going on? Really? So he he ends up saying, you know what? I'm gonna go play in the Monday shooter, the Monday <laughs> qualifier, and uh, Monday's in finishes top five or top ten. Gets in the next week, uh, finishes top ten. So he was the first player uh to ever get a tour card without having to go to q school that's why so, so yeah that, he got on tour that's some history like that's jordan spieth that's jordan spieth did it now yep. um only a handful of guys have done it so yeah. he earned it yeah no doubt well anyway but, go go on with your tiger and phil story but yeah i mean everyone knows tiger is a different animal and uh, my dad played got the chance to play with him um a couple times he played with him at riviera tiger's first event ever as an amateur, but first PGA Tour event. I remember seeing the highlights, and I saw your dad, and I was like, holy yeah. shit. He, he was like, him. I sent you a Snapchat. I was like, your dad's standing by in the tee box, and it's showing Tiger yeah. when he was like 17 or him whatever. And Sam Snead were, were standing behind the tee box watching Tiger. That's nuts. And uh, he played with him in the Pro-Am. Um, he actually he tells the story a lot, but he was paired with Tiger in the Pro-Am, and uh, he asked Tiger, he said, hey, Tiger, you know, you're playing at the Pro-Am. Why don't you go up a tee? Like, you can go up a tee. You're allowed to. You're an amateur. Might as well play up. And Tiger, you know, he's pissed off. He's like, I'm not playing up a tee. I'm playing with you. And they had a match, and they actually both shot 72. So really? they had a good match. That's awesome. Um, but, yeah, he took me to the Masters. Uh, it was a great time. And uh, he's like, hey, come on, E. We're going to go around back to the clubhouse, and we're going to meet Tiger. Like, this is it. You know, I'm, I'm pumped up because I was a huge Tiger fan. And uh, we're standing there on the path where they go from the driving range to the putting green to the first tee. And here comes Tiger. I see him coming. I'm like, I'm shaking, right? Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Like, this is unreal. <laughs> Electric. <laughs> this is in his prime, kind of. I mean, this is probably Early 2000s? 2011, 12. Like, oh, he okay. Was, he, he had dominated already. But yeah. He was dialed in. And Stevie Williams and Hank Haney are coming our way. And uh, Hank stops. Stevie stops. Tiger doesn't bat an eye. The guy, and this is before his round. I mean, this isn't a practice round. And I don't, you know, you don't blame him. But back then, I'm like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? <laughs> but his eyes didn't move. 
He didn't even look at us. It was just he's looking straight ahead, and it was like, this guy's a robot. I mean, this guy is a freak. Yeah. And Hank stopped, and he's giving my dad a hug, and, and Stevie Williams is like, I'm, meet, I'm like, this is awesome. But, Tiger, where are you going? <laughs> Come back, bro. I don't want to meet Stevie Williams and Hank Haney, you know. Yeah. I mean, you do, but you do, compared to Tiger, cool. that's a totally yeah. different ball game. And they just, Tiger just blows by us, and he gets to the putting and he looks back. Stevie's still there, like, talking to us, and he's like, you know, looking at him, pointing at him. Get over here, bro. <laughs> um, and then the same day, this was the second round of the Masters, the year Angel Cabrera won. And uh, we go out to 17, and Phil's teeing off. And this is the difference between Phil and Tiger. And, you know, Phil has a little bit of a bad rap, but during the round, during the Masters, Phil's playing, and Bones and Phil and my dad, you know, they, they go way back, and, and uh, Bones sees my pops in the crowd and uh, looks over, and taps Phil on the shoulder and, and points over at us. And Phil is throwing us like, you know, a peace sign or a wave. He's like, GH, what's going on? And this is during the round. Tiger doesn't bat an eye. Yeah. Not that I lost any respect for Tiger, but like, you know. Oh, it's, dude. That's the difference. Like, that the guy is an, a machine. That truly is. So that was is. pretty awesome. I'll never forget that. For sure, that was man. Sick. Yeah, that I can only imagine. Well, and, and Phil gets a bad rap but i i honestly think he'd be more fun to hang out with like on a a personal level like absolutely he seems like a super cool dude if it's just the two of you guys it kind of out in public it's it's more of a he doesn't have to put on a show um but he tries to be like amiable and and invite it like inviting to other people and he signs some i feel like he signs a good signs amount a of lot stuff of yeah, yeah and and kisses babies does all that and right. tiger is just never that way yeah it's just kind of kind of the difference between the two but uh, pretty cool to have those two guys like watching them growing up for all for everybody oh for awesome. sure well honestly like i'm a, i consider myself a golf fan i watch a lot of tour events now mm-hmm. but the last couple of years like if tiger's not playing i'm not interested right and that's he see i'm he not made, in the same boat he made I'm the not. game of golf for me enjoyable and i followed him and, I, and when he won the masters two years ago it was like euphoria was for me year? or was it last year yeah where you been well it, feel, well, it feels like two years ago because there wasn't <laughs> yeah. a masters this april but yeah. um it, it was like i, I look like i love dominance other than like fucking tom brady fuck tom <laughs> lebron brady. james tom brady. yeah lebron fucking james dude. right now is not on my favorite yeah. list of athletes but just watching a dude do like when he was in his zone he, I think he won what over fifty percent of his events that he entered in in like a four or five year stretch, and that's just unthinkable nowadays. Like every week, there's a new dude that wins, or a guy that's like coming up wins a tournament that not every all the big dudes are playing in. But even then, the competition now in professional golf is so staggered and so. And they were good back then, but now it's like you're never gonna see that again. We will no never chance. see a tour player winning. Even 20% of his events that he answers in, 10% is a high number. 5% is a great number. If you win one or two events a year, you're in a great spot. And yeah. we'll just never see that dominance again. And that was so fun to watch because you just, like when he played Rocco Media in that uh, Monday p- playoff, it was just incredible. Yeah. And you just knew, like, you wanted to cheer for Rocco, but you're like, that was just a David and Goliath situation. Yeah, I mean, exactly. The fact that Rocco even got it into a playoff was just beyond anything so uh that was unbelievable i know you caddied for your dad a few times on the champions tour 
what well, I'm sure you got a couple of good stories. Those guys fucking party. Those guys like are those awesome. guys th- throw them back. They oh yeah. I I've heard some stories about like some Friday night uh, galas and for charity if events. You call and sh- it that. <laughs> you call oh, it a gala frat party, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, let's uh, let's hear some champions tour stories. Man, so many so many champions tour stories to uh, to count, but. There's been some unbelievable times. I mean, John Daly, for one. I remember meeting him at the John Deere uh, before the Champions Tour. And he gets out of his Maybach with uh, four Hooters chicks. And he's just, the guy was on another level, and we loved him. But, yeah, since the Champions Tour, uh, you know, all the boys are out there. They've known each other for, most of them have known each other for 40-plus years. I mean, they're all in their 50s, and they've been playing together since they were young pre-teens i mean i know my dad uh lost in the junior world to john cook when they were 14 so they're they go way back um i remember seeing you know alan doyle alan doyle is known for the worst temper on the champions tour or the pga tour i mean i don't care where you're at and uh he he won the uh senior u.s open which got him in the u.s open at oakmont and uh what was that like 2015 2016 no no this was back in about oh wait probably ba- 05 oh okay uh, back in the day yeah back about a while back maybe 03 when Furick won okay and back uh, in the day it's like 15 alan doyle years ago. yeah he rolls up to hole number eight at oakmont if anybody knows that hole it's uh about 290 yards 280 yard par three Holy oh yeah it's like stupid yeah, long so he's playing, guys are hitting drivers and yeah shit. so he's playing a practice round right behind tiger so Tiger gets up to the tee, hits a three iron in the middle of the green. Okay. We're talking 275, 280 yards. Alan Doyle gets up to the tee in the group behind. Just watch Tiger hit an iron. Doesn't know how far it is. Just won the U.S. Senior Open. And his caddy goes, all right, Alan, I think it's a driver. I mean, <laughs> it's all you got. <laughs> like, you have to rip this just to get to the front edge. And Alan grabs his driver and goes, fuck this place <laughs> drop kicks his driver down the fairway and walks to the clubhouse done for the day um i i actually had the pleasure of being in alan's group many times and uh one one day he missed uh he missed a short putt two and a half three foot putt and he walked around the hole for about a minute and a half cussing just cussing out the hole you know and his daughter was actually caddying for him that day <laughs> And he was calling her a bitch, and he's like, <laughs> "You little bitch, you screwed me." You know, it was Alan Doyle is an all-time legendary Champions Tour guy. Um, oh oh my All-time God. So amateur had a great amateur career, um, but but other than bad tempers, I mean, there's a ton of good guys out there. They're all good buddies, and I was in the final group a lot of times, and I watched Kenny Perry win the 3M um perry seems like a cool dude kenny perry great guy we um, saw him out at tpc scottsdale last well when i was down there last year bombs. i'm sure you see him down there all the time but yeah. seems like a real down-to-earth cool dude really good guy loves classic cars um he's a bomber yeah um, he hits bernhard a- bernhard langer the guy i mean talk about a machine maybe more he machine looks like, like a machine tiger. yeah uh i roomed with his caddy one year at true and i was caddying for my dad and uh, his ta- his caddy Terry Holt, every morning five a.m. out the door, back nine o'clock at night, and he only had to be there for five six hours. But he's out there scoping out the course. He's got his yardage book down to the foot. 
I mean, we look yeah. at it in yardages. He looks at it in inches. It's it's stupid. <laughs> it's crazy. It's well, crazy. Well, another guy that we we got to see in person when we went to the U.S. Senior Open at Colorado Golf Club, Freddie Couples. Yeah, legend. Good God. Like, there was a par five on the back. I think it's 16, and it's like 640. It's not it, that long. It's Well, it's a long hole. It's a fucking yeah. – and then the green is – what is it? Is it 16 or 15? And it's a fucking. It's, si- it's sixteen. It, there's you can't oh, hit it are over. Are you talking about the 15, downhill the, one? Yeah, the downhill fifteen. Okay, super downhill. There's nothing. You can't fucking go behind the green. There's a whole canyon in front of the green, and Freddie Couples has got like three wood in from like two forty, two fifty, two sixty, and just flies it to like six feet, makes and it eagle. just stops and makes eagle. And I'm like, and he because he went eagle eagle in the Eagle's both the, the par next fives. Yeah, yeah, I remember and I was that. just like, that shit is so different. And and you yeah. look at and when we went to that thing, of course we're. 14, 15 at that point. We're not old, you know, we're young kids. You look at these dudes that are sometimes 60, 65 years old, and you're like, this is fucking insane. It's insane. I mean, like, how old, like, at that point now, you're like, okay, you know, I'm 26, and I feel like I'm kind of getting up there, but I'm also like, all right, I'm still a kid. And then you get to 30, you get to 40, but these dudes, like, Phil Mickelson's going out there playing on the fucking senior tour right now. Boat racing the Champions Tour. Like, he's going to annihilate it. But you look at, like, uh, NFL, any other sport, they hit 32, and you're like, they're on the downside of their career. Besides Tom Brady, I don't know what the fuck his problem is. But <laughs> most of these guys hit 32, 33. You're like, they're, they're, they're going downhill from here. And there's, like, Bernhard Langer's career peaked at, like, 55, mm-hmm. 60. So it's just a – golf is just a fucking different game that way. It's nuts. Like, and Bernhard Langer, on another note, that guy is a grinder. I mean, I remember uh, – you know, I was out there and I'm trying to hit the gym. You know, I want to, I, I got, I, I, there's some girls out there, you know, I need to look decent. And uh, <laughs> I, I remember one night I roll into the gym at like 10 o'clock at night. Cause I'm the only one hitting the gym at that hour. Like I got nothing else to do. And Bernhard's in there in a button down shirt, just got out of dinner, pumping iron. And he's like 56 years old. I'm like Bernie, fucking, what's going on? That's fucking he's awesome. The guy, he, he works harder than anyone maybe I've ever seen. Like honestly. a Gary Player kind of dude. Definitely. Just, just right up there with Gary just Player. Just a grinder. Yeah. Well, and we've talked about yeah. this before, and it, it really shows in golf. In other sports, you can be talented and make it to a certain level mm-hmm. and get to a certain – like you can't be great, great without grinding. But in golf, you can't even be relevant unless you're grinding all the time or always thinking about golf or always – you know, like yeah. you just can't – you don't just show up at the tee being athletic and be good yeah. at this game. It's one, it's one of the few things. You're 6'6", six, six well, let's say 6'2", six, 6'3", six, in high school, yeah. and semi-athletic, you can run, you got some good cardio, you can be a good basketball player. You can be a dominant football player. You can't show up to a high school golf tournament just being athletic and be yeah. good at relevant. <laughs> you got t- kids that are 5'2", 140 pounds beating your ass. Yeah. And you're like, how? It doesn't make any sense, but that's why this game is so... I played high school golf with Jake Stiano yeah. when he was real small. He was he was a freshman. First, uh, he was tiny, and I'm not a big dude either, but he was fucking four foot nothing. Shot <laughs> 64. I'm like, and he's 14. I'm right. Like, well, this is just different. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And yeah. he has since grown, and now he bombs it, and... He's good stick, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I remember that. I was like, "What? Like this dude is tiny." Yeah, I mean, if he's getting it around. If there's any like juniors out there or anyone that wants to be good, you can't do it unless you go grind. The secrets in the dirt. Get out there and get after it, because 
I don't care who you are, even if you're John freaking Daly. The guy is grinding. So get out there and get after it. Do you have any John Daly stories? Yeah, I was just uh, – just, I've got a few good ones. Okay. Um, you know, I actually uh, was neighbors with John a long time ago. I was <laughs> pre – I mean, I was young. But uh, when John uh, when John got scratched in the face that one night, if, if anyone remembers that, it was all over the news. Um, he called his, his wife called us that night and uh, told us to call the police. So <laughs> it was wild. But, um, yeah, last last year, uh, a couple of years ago, my dad was playing with John up in Canada. And, and uh, you know, he's made a lot of money. He's, he's he's kind of to the point where, like, he's just he's playing to win. Yeah. Um, and they were playing in Calgary. And my dad had the my dad had the tee on the last hole of the tournament. And as long as John is it would have been a driver five iron and it's a par five. So he could make Eagle. If he makes, if John makes Eagle, he's top three or four. He's making a couple, he's making grand. a lot of money. Yeah. And they're waiting and they're waiting and they're <laughs> bobblehead down. <laughs> um, they're waiting for the fairway to clear. And you know, John's pacing and he's like, you know what the hell with this Gary, can I hit? Yeah, go ahead. I don't care. The guys are only 270 yards from us. Gets up there, takes a seven iron out, and just chips it down the fairway and just starts walking up the cart path. <laughs> he he can't take it anymore. He he just he he's to the point in his life, I guess, where he just he needs to keep moving, you know. And he's made a lot of money, so I don't can't blame him. But he's nah, a legend, dude, yeah. great guy too. Um, one more John Daly story. Yeah, go for I it. Got dude. one more for you. Yeah, it's great. This is a good one. Newport Beach Country Club Champions Tour event. I'm in the player dining. My dad just finished up. Had not a great week. Um, didn't play too hot. And JD's in one of the last groups. And I go into the dining room. I'm having having some lunch. And I look outside the window. It's a glass. It's a it's a glass uh, pane door kind of thing. And I look out and I see John Daly sitting there having lunch with like five six people, having lunch, drinking out of a styrofoam cup, whatever is in there. <laughs> who knows? But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I know what's in there. But we all know. Oh yeah. Um, so he's sitting out there and I look at the TV and I'm watching groups go and I'm starting to think like he's up pretty soon. Like he's about <laughs> to tee off and I'm sitting in there, you know, 20 minutes go by and I look over, he's still there and he's up in like five minutes. <laughs> so I'm watching the TV. The TV's right in front of me. I look over, he's gone. So I'm sitting there. I look up at the TV. They're announcing John Daly on the tee. He went, he was sitting out there for 40 minutes, goes straight to the tee. If anyone knows Newport Beach Country Club, hole number one's 345. He gets out, hasn't hit a ball, pulls out driver, hits it within five feet, makes eagle, and goes on a legendary run. He almost won the tournament. He was like four under through three that day. And I watched him sit on the patio for 45 minutes before his round, and he did not move, and he's sipping out of his styrofoam cup. Oh, my God. Whatever dude. he drank. I, I don't know, but some it was some, some rocket magic fuel. Shit. <laughs> it was some, some rocket, rocket fuel. fuel. That's incredible. So that that might be my best John Daly story. That, that is legendary. Yeah. Well, so before we get out of here, um, I got to ask you one more question because I caught a bunch of shit on Twitter for this uh, this this weekend when Bryson won the U.S. Open. Um, I don't like the dude. He just rubs me the wrong way. I don't really like his look. I just don't like what he brings to the table. Seems like a douchebag, um, to be pretty frank. But w from a from a tournament standpoint, because a lot of people just see him, they're like, "Oh, he hits bombs. He's 
he's a mad scientist. I'm like, that's not cool. Like, you're annoying. You're <laughs> taking forever to hit a shot. But from a, a tournament standpoint, like, if you had a playing part, it, hypothetically speaking, if you were playing around a golf with him, and I know you're not a huge fan of him either, what, what's, like, what's dislikable about him? Because people are like, why don't you like him? I'm like, just do look I at him. Yeah, do look I get that you fucking explain Puma myself? Hat. Yeah. Look at that fucking Puma 1940s. Peaky what? Blinders yeah. hat. Like, I mean, mean, I love Peaky Blinders. I don't want to talk shit about Peaky Blinders like that because he makes it look shitty. Like, he just doesn't make it look good. <laughs> but what do you think is dislikable about him um, from a from a fellow player's standpoint? Um, well, I'll just say this. There's guys that you play with that are the exact same off the course as they are on the course. And Bryson's not one of those guys. Um, on the course, you know, he's very slow and he's very methodical. And he's like a scientist. I mean, he's, he takes a long time. And, you know, I've heard off the course, great guy. You know, like to hang out with him. He I've seems good relatively cool. Um, and I think he's gotten better. But I don't think I'd like to play with him. I mean, the guy takes four minutes to hit a shot. Yeah. Um, but what he did is insane. He's he's definitely found a loophole in golf, as you were saying. I mean, he's uh he's bombing it down. He's bombing and gouging and he's mm -hmm. taking advantage of the course. But he's taking bomb and gouge to a new level. For sure. Like dudes yeah. used to hit it long, yeah. he hits it on another level. Yeah. And like when I was talking shit about him, it wasn't from like a personal standpoint or even a golf uh like playability standpoint. Simply being one of his playing partners seems like it would be an awful time. And yeah, then he throws I mean, temper tantrums. He, you know, about fire ants. Right? Yeah, ants, uh, out of bounds. If you're playing with, if you're playing on tour, you want to be in a rhythm. You want to get on your rhythm. And it's tough when you got a guy that's playing way slower than everybody else and taking his time. And I remember back in the day, you know, talking to my dad, he's like, everyone had the same rhythm. We all tried to help each other because. It's you versus the golf course. Yeah. And it's turning into like if you're if you get paired with the wrong guy, it's a three stroke penalty. You oh, know, for it's sure. It's gonna cost you. And that's I think how Bryson is, but I respect everything he's done. I mean it's it's crazy. So it really is nuts. Yeah. Um actually one more quick story. You gotta tell us the DJ John Rom. It's not <laughs> it's not confirmed. And we forgot to bring it up when those two were paired together. I I fucked that up. But uh Tell us what happened, like the little bit of a backstory on uh, John Rahm and, and Dustin Johnson. Well, I'll just say this. Um, first off, this isn't confirmed. So <laughs> anyone out there that uh, has any legal issues with this story, just back <laughs> off a little bit, all right? But this is uh, fuck your cease and is, desist. There's some pretty there's some pretty good sources, and uh, this story is probably true. But uh, you know, <laughs> John Rahm. Dustin Johnson, you know, the guy, the guy just pretty much gets every woman he wants and, uh, he'll, he, he doesn't back down. And, uh, as you know, John Rom's girlfriend is pretty hot. She's got some massive knockers. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> I love it. And DJ, you know, he's hit on my friend's mom. I mean, he's broken up relationships. He's broken up marriages and that's just who he is. You can't blame the guy. I mean, he sees John Rom's girlfriend, hot ass blonde, and uh, apparently he started hitting on her. And uh, wherever they were, John Rom threw him down the stairs. And <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't fuck with John Rom. I don't care who I am. 
Dustin Johnson's a big dude, but John Rom will mess you up. So yeah, John, John Rom and Dustin Johnson definitely got into yeah, it. Yeah, so, so. It, was, it was the year that DJ mysteriously had yeah, to DJ WD'd. Yeah, he WD'd from the Masters after. Was it after Thursday? No, he or, didn't even tee or off. Or no, yeah, it was it was the Wednesday. I'm sorry, it was Wednesday night or early Thursday morning that it kind of came out that he uh, he wasn't playing and. When Eric told me that story, I thought that was absolutely hilarious. So, yeah. Um, the, thank you for coming on with yeah. us, man. Hey, before we get out of here, though, we do a weekly segment um, called Don't Be That Golfer. All right. And basically, we just talk shit about the annoying <laughs> shit people do on the golf course. So, give us your Don't Be That Golfer for the week. Like, that, that thing that people do on the golf course where you're like, that's just something that you shouldn't fucking do. Because we Nobody try to tell the people that so they know All when right, they go well, on the course. Number one that comes to mind is, is uh, I call it a manhole cover, um, a.k.a. massive poker chip. Oh. Um, <laughs> I've, got, I've got a 10-foot putt, and the dude is right in front of me, and he's got the biggest poker chip I've ever seen. And I'm like, hey, bud, like, can you move that five to the left? <laughs> Like that thing is an eyesore. Can you move, move that, that dinner full, plate? A full putter, li- so, putter length to the left. That's oh number God. one. And then really uh, just, you know, all people, we watch the PGA Tour if, if we're golfers and we see how long they take. That's not real life. You know, if uh, the truth is one practice swings plenty, get up there and hit the ball and it'll probably make you play better. And that's a pet peeve. People take forever because they watch the tour. So oh, yeah. it's going to help you. Be decisive. Get up there and rip it. So, for yeah, sure, love it. Yeah, the poker my, chip. My my uh, don't be that golfer for this week is I I've played with a few people like this and kind of feels like a Bryson type of move. But so we don't always have a great round, right? Even good good quote unquote good players that shoot around par, like you hit some balls, fucking in the shit. Yeah. Don't be that dude that's sitting in the fucking middle of the fairway while your boys are all looking for a ball in the fucking shit. That's and good. you're and that's you're like good. shooting your fucking yardage. And it's like, dude, I've been the, that guy a few times. The second somebody does that to me, I am not looking for a fucking ball oh, the yeah. rest right. of the round. You got to give That's so good. You got to give yeah. help to get help. Yeah, exactly. Um, 100%. I've been that guy where I'll go over and like shoot my yardage and scope it out and pick a club. And then like right when I know they're about to give up, I'll start walking over that. And he's like, oh, dude, it's fine. It's gone. I'm like, oh, two thumbs up. I'm going to walk back to my ball. I've been that <laughs> asshole before. Not all the time. And it depends on who you're playing with. Some guys, I'm like, no chance I'm helping you look for your ball. Yeah, if some guys, <laughs> that won't kill you. And I'm like, I'm like, that's a fucking, it's some guy hits it three fairways over. Ah, that won't kill you. He's got nope. 240 in on a par four. <laughs> yeah, you you caddy a couple times and you're like, ah, I need to find something encouraging to say about that dog shit. Um, my don't be that golfer for the week is don't be that dude that poaches chicks on the driving range and like tries to help them with their golf swing. Okay. And I mean, like if like you know that. what you're talking about, like any of us, I'm that's fine. Even then, like, I think it's kind of weird to approach a girl out of nowhere and like try to help them with their golf swing. Mm-hmm. Cause we've got a couple of, good-looking 40-somethings out at Spring Valley. <laughs> and every day, every Wednesday during Women's League, um, during high school golf practice, they're out on the range hitting balls. And I see dudes – there's been like 15, 20 different dudes come over and, and talk to them about their golf swing. And I'm like, bro, they're – first of all, they're not very good. Um, so they, they don't need your, your horrible advice. But second of all, it's like, bro, just mind your own business. 
Um, and some of these girls, like, they they could whoop most of these guys' ass. There's a handful of ladies like that out of Spring Valley. So don't be that dude. It's just kind of creepy. You don't know what you're talking about. So just fucking leave them alone. Let them hit balls. That's, That's my, good. my like don't that. be that golfer yeah. for the week. I love it. Well, Eric, thanks for joining us, man. This was a that fucking was a blast. blast. <laughs> that that um, was fun. Thanks for having me, fellas. DNVR man. is the spot. And uh, Spring Valley, anybody gets down there. I love Fuck that place. Yeah, Shout out Valley to Valley of fun. fun. Thanks for having me, boys. All right, guys. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Big Drive Energy, Smith Bros, Golf Bros, we out. are out. Dude, that was fucking that was hilarious, fun, bro. bro. I was, my stomach hurts from laughing. <laughs>